Fired up, dude. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, the 49ers have a perfectly positioned bye week this year. I still remember 2019 after week three. That was way too early. We weren't even tired yet, and we were already getting the break. 49ers didn't even have a chance to accumulate real real injuries that year before the bye week hit, and then they had to play what, 15, 16 straight weeks? Now, maybe, maybe 13 straight weeks after that, yeah, because they had the buy in the playoffs but it's tough to get a buy in the playoffs it's tough to make the playoffs and the 49ers are certainly happy that they have eight games under their belts with nine left to play in the regular season so this is right in the middle you can't have it anymore in the middle because you can't take the buy at halftime of their next game against the chargers so matt this is where you want it for the 49ers and they also entered the bye week on exactly the note that they wanted to enter it on and by that i mean they got a big win over the rams to move to four and four They're within striking distance of first place in the NFC West, but they also didn't suffer any new injuries against L.A. It feels like hell is frozen over on that front, but the fact that the 49ers haven't suffered any new injuries means they were able to go straight into healing mode over the course of this bye week. Yeah, when Shanahan said after the game that there were no injuries, I thought to myself, okay, let's let's not get carried away. Let's see what he says on Monday because a lot of times he'll – you know, come into that uh, post-game press conferences and read off a couple of names. And then the Monday list, after the adrenaline has has worn off and uh, guys kind of come in on Monday, the Monday list is always bigger. But his Monday list was the same. Uh, And that was uh, remarkable for this team. And, um, you know, there have been a lot of injuries so far. There always are. But the asterisk is that there haven't been a lot of season-enders. Um, there, there are two big ones, uh, Trey Lance and Emmanuel Mosley. Uh, that's huge. But the rest of the, those guys um, all had a chance to come back, and it looks like a lot of them are coming back, if not right after the bye, then, then maybe in, in the next couple of weeks. And it's a big list. I mean, I, I, I tallied it up today. It's, it's 11 players long. Uh, with a bunch of starters, or at least potential starters, like, like Eric Armstead, like Drake Greenlaw like uh, Jason Verrett, uh, like Elijah Mitchell, like Kyle Juszczyk. Uh, so it's uh, it, like Debo Samuel. Uh, so um, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a good bye week in that uh, it, it happens at midseason. And you can envision these guys getting healthy and um, kind of uh, having all of that t- talent for this stretch run that begins with a game against the Chargers. Yeah, and, and you know, I was just... I was just listening to Kyle, and and even after the game, it was almost like he was super surprised that there was no injuries. You know, <laughs> they, they, they there was a road game. They played on turf, and the 49ers had no injuries. They had a couple guys that got banged up, but that's going to happen. They all came back. And, you know, this talk about perfect timing for a bye for the 49ers. This is it. I mean, you get – you know, you get a couple weeks, you know, the guys who are kind of banged up right now, they get themselves together. The guys that have been injured, Eric Armstead, you know, Elijah Mitchell, um, these guys come back uh, at the perfect time, the second half of the season, this final stress, these, this, this final eight games. And, you know, on paper, if you look at this offense, it's just offensive long, getting Debo back, you know, getting Elijah Mitchell back, um, you know, and if Jimmy Garoppolo can play the kind of football we know he can play, 
I mean, this is talk about explosive offense. I mean, this offense should be able to put up 30, 35 points every single football game. And on the defense, you get, get Eric Armstead back. And we know what he does in the middle, how he kind of holds down that middle. Um, Javon Kinlaw is probably going to come back. But, uh, you know, this defense, you get a cornerback, um, hopefully, uh, after this. So, you know, on paper, this is perfect. Perfect timing. You know, you're four and four. You have an opportunity to finish up the season strong, get a lot of these starters back. So, but it was funny hearing Kyle Shanahan say after the game, just say there's no injuries. It's kind of awkward, but there's no injuries. <laughs> yeah, he so, yeah. He was so used to saying, you know, this long list of guys getting hurt. So, you know, it, it, it's a perfect time, this buy, and I hope these guys use it wisely. Yeah, and let's talk about some of the guys that the 49ers might get back because it is an impressive list of players. I mean, there's there's talent on the list of uh, players the 49ers might get back. You know, starting on the offensive side, Elijah Mitchell, I think they fully expect him back on November 13th against the Chargers. I'm not so sure that they make the Jeff Wilson trade to Miami if they don't expect Mitchell to be back from the sprained MCL. Kyle Juszczyk told me in the locker room in L.A. that he is fully expecting to be back from the the broken finger against the Chargers as well. Uh, I'm getting vibes that Debo Samuel and Juwan Jennings are also both on track. So that's that's four really, really good starting caliber players that are going to be back just on the offensive side of the ball. And then Colton McKivitz can't be all that far off to give the 49ers some offensive line depth. On the defensive side of the ball, there's a little bit more mystery, and this is a big one with Eric Armstead because we've talked about this. He's got the plantar fasciitis in his foot, and that's that's a mysterious injury. That's one of those where it, it could kind of linger, it could kind of come back. Nobody's really sure how to get rid of it, so... Eric Armstead, the 49ers, I think, still have to just sit there and cross their fingers because he's such a big part of this team. Javon Kinlaw still has to be out at least one more week with that fluid buildup in the repaired knee uh, because he went on IR three games ago. So one more game for him. But the 49ers are expecting Jordan Willis, who had a knee scope several weeks back, back at some point. And Aziz Alshire, also uh, along with Dre Greenlaw, might both be back relatively soon. So, Matt, I just went through a big list. That's a that's a good football team right there that I just listed that, that hasn't been playing here for the 49ers, at least recently. And once those guys are back on the field, this team's only going to get better. Yeah, you didn't uh, note uh, Jason Verrett. Yeah, he could, yeah, you're he right. could certainly be uh, back. And he could, he could uh, have his first game uh, since week one last year against the Chargers, which would be... Very poetic, given uh, which team he began his career with. I, I, I spoke with uh, Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw on Tuesday, and uh, Armstead um, did uh, did the thing where he, he wasn't really eager to speak, and he asked the PR guy a few times whether he had to or not, but eventually he did, uh, and he was kind of cagey about it. And um, I, I think that's just uh, being cautious uh, publicly with with what's going on. He said that the the plantar fasciitis w- was an issue, but he felt like that was something that he could play through. Uh, the issue is the other leg, uh, an ankle issue, or it, 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 it's in the region of the ankle. Like I said, it was, it, it was being very uh, cagey, um, and uh, no one has uh, talked specifically what this uh, injury is. Uh, but the bottom line is that he felt encouraged by the progress he was making. Um, he's optimistic that he could play after the bye. 
he didn't want to say for sure because, uh, like I said, I think it's been uh, a, a tough go with whatever this injury is. But that's, uh, that's a possibility for the Chargers game. Uh, as David noted, Javon Kinlaw is not because he's still going to be on IR. But he seemed more uh, optimistic than, than even Armstead was. And, and he said it's all about maintenance for him. Now he knows what he has to do with that knee. Uh, sort of uh, the the work that he's going to have to put in, uh, despite having the, the surgery uh, last year, to kind of keep it healthy this year. And, you know, this is something that a lot of guys deal with. They have the ACL, they have a, a big surgery, and it's the, the year after that, even after they're cleared to come back, it's all about sort of maintaining it. Uh, we saw Jeff Wilson deal with that after a, a spring knee injury last year. He was cleared to come back, but the, the knee was still acting up on him in December and in January. He wasn't really himself until the following spring. So um, uh, Kinlaw did seem uh, optimistic uh, and positive about his knee. He, kn- he knows that it's going to take work, but he thinks that he can deal with it once he's cleared to come back. And so that would be the, uh, the week, Dennis, after the, uh, the Chargers game. Uh, and, and if you got both of those guys back, uh, you've got Ebucom, who seemed a lot better against the Rams than he did the previous two weeks when he was dealing with an Achilles issue. You got both on the other side. Then we're talking the 49ers getting back to that 49ers defense that we were seeing early in the season. The bad thing about Kinlaw is he's, he's lost so much time. I mean, in his, his short 49er career, he's been hit with this injury bug and it, and it, and it seems to, you know, take him out of practice, out of games. And for defensive linemen, you got to have those those reps. I mean, that's that's how you become a defensive lineman um, in the NFL. You have to have the reps and you have to get your body kind of used to, you know, taking that pounding. So he's missing a lot of a lot of a lot of important reps in his young career. But if he's learning how to manage whatever's going on with his knee, you know, that's a positive thing. And it's, it's interesting when you say it about Eric Armstead. And I, I was always suspicious about this foot thing because I had the same thing. And the only thing it was, it was just kind of rest. So, you know, light practice, um, you know, of course, treatment. Uh, but I was always able to play with that same exact injury. So it's interesting you say there might be something else, and something with his ankle. But, uh, yeah, those two guys, you know, in the middle. I mean, you just remember early in the football season – you know, when you got you got two guys in the middle and two two guys on the outside and, you, of course, Bosa and whoever's on the other side, you know, this goal rush defense is, is pretty unstoppable and they can take over football games. But um, still, you're, you're getting some some strong players back. I, I would love to see Eric Armstead back in there. But I think as far as the defense goes, you saw last week in the second half. I mean, if you can start scheming, you know, some, put some guys in places, put uh, Nick Bosa in a place where he can be most effective. Uh, get guys on the outside. Get guys and get some some uh, some gut pressure. You know you can still have a very good defensive line uh, as far as pass rush goes, and and pass rush kind of you know helps out your coverage. And you know we saw better coverage even uh, in that second half against the Rams. So that's what this 49ers team needs. I mean you you need the rest. You need the guys to come back, but you need to be creative. You know, if guys aren't in there, you got to be creative, kind of who you put in there, you know, kind of play to, you know, to their skill level. Um, 
and, you know, kind of make it work like they did in the second half, because that second half, it looked like, you know, that 49ers defense that we saw early in the football season. Let's uh, summarize the first half of the season for the 49ers, because I think that it's been a complicated ride, right? We've seen issues and excellence from all phases of the game at, at various times, and it's been up and down. And the good stuff didn't really align for all three units of the game until the second half of this win against the Rams. So the 49ers left the first half on a really good note. But they have to now make sure they perpetuate that moving forward. They have to be consistent with the complimentary football. So just summarizing the eight games, they came out really, really strong on defense. I know they had a couple slip-ups in the game against Chicago, but that was also a weird monsoon game. In general, the first several weeks of this season were just overpowering defensively for the 49ers. Their numbers were head and shoulders above number two in the league. I mean, they were number one. I think they're giving up something like 0.6 points per drive or something crazy like that, where second place was like one, 1.5 or way more. Like they, they were just head and shoulders above the rest of the league as far as defensive metrics went there for a few weeks. And obviously the offense, I mean, it was a turbulent time because Trey Lance fractured his ankle in week two. That called for wholesale change at the quarterback position. Jimmy Garoppolo back into his old spot, and he was rusty to begin with. Coming off the shoulder surgery and no offseason work, that first start, week three in Denver, was really ugly for Jimmy Garoppolo and was really, really ugly for the 49ers offense. But the offense did eventually find its footing, and it's interesting because it found its footing right when that defense was uh, showing you know, some prolonged slippage due to injuries. Injuries were a constant throughout these entire eight weeks. The defense played a terrible game against Kansas City, and then they were shaky, especially on third down in the first half against the Rams. But Matt, that's exactly when the 49ers offense stepped up. And then I think what we saw, you know, the defense was picking up the offense earlier in the season. In week eight, the 49ers offense helped pick up that defense. And then they both roared the life together to finish the Rams game. And I think if you're looking for reasons to be optimistic about the 49ers in the second half, it's that their first complete performance to finish a game is is their most recent one they hadn't done that yet until the rams game they had had like good first halves and then like the offense the defense would peter out toward the end but they put it all together in the second half against the rams and to me that's the most positive indication to date that this team can make this success consistent in the second half of the season yeah in fact uh, george kittle after the game said he wished the bye didn't happen this week at least part of them did because uh, you know they 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 found something uh, in Los Angeles and uh, they they finally found that rhythm and that cohesion uh, that complementary football that you mentioned um, and um, you know you you, you want to kind of bottle that when uh, when it finally comes around and now they they go off and they're going to have to recapture it when when the Chargers arrive but uh, you're right I mean if this does turn into a uh, a very good season. Um, just like last year, remember the 49ers in week eight were, were struggling um, in, uh, in Chicago. Justin Fields looked like a fantastic rookie quarterback um, you know, throughout uh, most of that game. And, and the 49ers still seemed um, you know, disjointed. They didn't look very good. And then there was a, uh, a screen pass to Debo Samuel. <laughs> he took it. Uh, almost to the house, and it really seemed to awaken the team. And you could go back and point to that moment 
as the moment that the 49ers kind of uh, shook themselves awake. And uh, you could say the same thing about the second half of the, of the Rams game here. Um, yeah, Dennis, I mean, th- this has always been a team that wasn't quite the, uh, the sum of its parts. And uh, now there are even more parts with, with Christian McCaffrey being added, uh, with Jeff Wilson being subtracted, but with all those other guys coming in, uh, in, in your experience, and I know you played on some really, really terrific teams, but I mean, can that at all uh, monkey with chemistry and rhythm and, and things like that when you've got a lot of really good players and you're trying to keep everybody happy at the same time? Uh, can, can that at all be kind of upsetting to the momentum of a team? Listen, the best thing the 49ers did was trade for Christian McCaffrey. I think this team was looking for something. I think this team, I think everyone was excited about Trey Lance. He was going to bring this different dynamic. This team was going to do this. Kyle Shanahan was going to be crazy creative, all that good stuff. And then, you know, he goes down and you go back to Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that was almost a letdown. And with the offense not clicking that Denver game, uh, then you lose, you know, some games that you're supposed to win. I think you should have won. But you look up and you and all those great hopes are gone. And then here comes McCaffrey and he shows kind of what what you've been waiting for. You know, this this offense that's going to be clicking, this offense that's going to be scoring big points, uh, big plays down the field. And now you have it. And now that puts energy throughout the team. And I think that's what kind of happened last week. You look up and you, you know, see this one-man show, this one-man taking over the football game, and then it just puts energy. It just puts energy. You think, oh, this is it. And I think, you know, I think that's what Jimmy Garoppolo finally, you know, I got, I got a check-down guy. I got a guy, you know, I can put, you know, the ball in his hands and he's going to score a touchdown. He's going to get some, some, some positive yards down the field. So I just – I really think that just adding that one play, you talk about pieces, and there's a lot of pieces on this offense, but I think you add that one piece and he becomes that dynamic player that you've been looking for, you thought was going to come in a Trey Lance, and now you have it. You actually have it. And I think, um, and you see it, and he shows it. And I think that just puts energy in the football team. And, you know, I I don't, I, I just can't explain you know, when you see something like that, I mean, I was lucky enough. I had JT, I had Jerry Rice, I had Roger Craig, Joe, I had all those guys that I knew once they got the ball in their hands, it was going to be big plays. So it got me excited as a defender to get off the field so they can get back on the field. I just think this kid has, has, has put a whole new life into the offense and into the entire football team. Well, I mean, he's such a glue piece. We're talking about the offense not being able to find a consistent rhythm, but showing potential. And then the reason for that was that, A, they weren't running the football as well as, as they had in the past. The run blocking has taken a step back with, with this new collection of offensive linemen. But they were also, you know, giving up some inopportune pressure, right, uh, up front and, you know, combine that with the penalties and the mistakes to put them behind schedule. Well, what's, you know, one piece 
piece that you can add that can fix an assortment of problems like that that can really help make up for that lost efficiency well the most versatile piece in football potentially is is the piece that can help that right christian mccaffrey can line up in the backfield so he helps the running situation he is also a receiver he's got elite hands elite route runner and you could scheme him in a way that the defense doesn't know exactly what's coming and the 49ers have schemed Christian McCaffrey as an outlet. I mean, remember the game against the Chiefs? They didn't have the hot reads installed correctly in that game. So many times the Chiefs would bring aggressive pressure and Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, would make a bad situation worse on the interception example by just tossing the ball up to where it shouldn't have been because the outlet wasn't properly positioned. And Jeff Wilson, he was over on the other side of the formation. When you have Christian McCaffrey, you... And, and you're focused on making sure that he's constantly every down running some of these outlet routes to be a hot read and, and Christian McCaffrey, you have his intangibles because he's going to feel where he needs to be so that Jimmy Garoppolo can find him. To me, that's, that's a game changer. Christian McCaffrey is pass protection, not because he's pass blocking, but because it gives Jimmy Garoppolo a natural dangerous option uh, to which he can throw in on some of the downs where the 49ers were not making hay, where the 49ers were losing that offensive efficiency. And obviously he does a ton of other things on top of that. So, I mean, this is a superstar that has had a superstar caliber impact on the 49ers. And the hope for them, you got to knock on wood, or some wood I just knocked on it, is that he stays healthy. Because if he does, it's a game changer, and it already has been for the 49ers offense. You know, to that point, Dave, I mean – if, if you guys watch him now, I didn't watch him in college. Uh, I didn't really pay attention to him in Carolina, but it, it just feels like, I don't know if it's, it's because he, he reads defense as well, but it just feels like he knows kind of where the voids are. And, and, and that is so valuable for a quarterback as far as a check, check down guy. And I think of him and I think of him like, like, you know, Ricky waters was that guy you know, when I was with the 49ers, they could always find that void in the defense to get the ball in, you know, in, in, in open space and then make plays. And it just feels like he knows he's got that knack where he knows kind of where to fit into a zone or, or, or in the defense where he's going to get an opportunity to get those yak yards. And, and I think that's what Jimmy Garoppolo can really appreciate. Just knowing that his check, check down guy is going to be in the right spot. Uh, and he can get the ball to him. So I, I think that is unique. I don't know much about the running back position, but I think that is very unique that he's able to do that. I, I love the Ricky Waters comparison. It's so good because yeah. the your 49ers teams, you, the offenses were not the same after he left in free agency to Philadelphia uh, after that 1994 season. Steve Young talks about it all the time. He thinks that's the, that's the biggest mistake that the front office made was, was not finding a way to keep Ricky Waters around despite the salary cap. And th this 49ers team has done the opposite, right, by acquiring a guy like Christian McCaffrey. I mean, um, I think Garoppolo even said something like that, that uh, it was after the, the Chiefs game where Garoppolo said that McCaffrey sees the, the field like a quarterback. So what, what better... Uh, you know, ally to have on your team than, than somebody who's looking at the field exactly like you are, which, which brings up a, a big question that people are already asking, and I think it'll be one that ultimately is answered by the season. You know, if there's this really nice symbiotic relationship that McCaffrey and Garoppolo have, because you, you could make the argument that Garoppolo is, uh, is great for McCaffrey in that he uses him as an outlet, he throws him very catchable passes, 
He's great on the, the short and the intermediate stuff, which, which is what a, a running back does. What happens to Garoppolo at the end of the season? I think the 49ers are just going to let that answer itself. If they go deep into the playoffs and it's fantastic, then, of course, they've got to bring him back. If they don't, then they rehand the keys to the offense back to Trey Lance. But uh, if they continue to make strides like we all think that they will, that's going to be an increasingly asked question, I think, as we get into late November and December. Oh, no. Another quarterback. Yeah, quarterback controversy oh. times three. Oh, just I, I was just trying to wrap my mind. I was just like, oh, here we go again. Uh, it would but, be a good problem to have, right, if you're the 49ers. You, you don't have yeah. the problem unless they play really, really well and maybe even yeah. win the Super Bowl this year. And, 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 and we want that to happen. But, you know, we're, we're going to start all over again from the beginning or the end of last season. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't you – know, again, I, I've thought about it. Um, and, you know, I, I'm still out on Trey Lance. Uh, I need to see more of him playing, more more reps uh, with the offense. Um, but, I mean, if, if this team can do what they did against the Rams, and they always play well against the Rams, but if they can go, you know, against San Diego and have the same results, especially on offense. If you can if you can put up 35 30 35 points, be efficient, move the chains, you know, plays like they had, you know, Cal Cal Shanahan looked like he was, you know, this creative great play caller that we always talk about. He didn't look very conservative at all. If they continue to do that for the rest of the season, we're we're going to have to have that conversation. And I guess the question is, you know, with with Jimmy I mean, Jimmy is is a guy that has to decide, you know, his contract's up, what's he, what he wants to do. But, I mean, on paper, if you look at, I mean, for a quarterback, why wouldn't you want to play for the San Francisco 49ers? Because you have so many weapons around you. You get a, you know, you get your, your, your offensive line together. I mean, what quarterback wouldn't want to play for this football team? Absolutely. Well, we're with you, uh, Dennis, and um, wishing that the Chargers were still in San Diego. That's a... Uh, Did I say San Diego? Yeah, you did, but uh, ah. I, I say it all the time. And I say it I think on it's, purpose it's, now. It's wishful principle. thinking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we wish that they were still there. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and bash L.A., but uh, I maybe we can. Uh, we have Northern <laughs> California listeners, but, boy, I would much rather – if th- this game's at home, I, I get it, but I would much rather go to – San Diego to see a visiting game if the 49ers ever played the Chargers on the road. I love SoFi Stadium, but um, I mean, having two teams there in LA, it's, it's, the Rams are enough. San Diego needs a football team. Somebody needs to stand up for San Diego. Um, you know, they, they, they've lost so much over the years. They, they used to have the Clippers down there too, right? Basketball, they played at the San Diego Sports Arena. They yeah. lost the Clippers to LA. Then they lost the Chargers to LA. And now we're still, you know, they still have the Padres. So we're still able to watch the Padres whenever we go down there. Thankfully, they, they got a stadium built and worked out, Petco Park downtown. But um, unfortunately, the Chargers were so important to that community. I felt that they, you yeah. know, that was really part of the community fabric there. They aren't there anymore. And, you know, why don't we talk about that? 49ers have this game against the Chargers coming up. Looks like Keenan Allen won't play. It uh, looks like he's dealing with a hamstring, that, and he just came out and said that he's not going to play until it's 100% because he tried to push through it a, um, earlier when it, and it just made it worse. So, I mean, that's big for the 49ers. Justin Herbert's in a bit of a slump, uh, but, I mean, he's, he's 
the kind of talent that could bust out of a slump at, at yeah. any time. So this is going to be a challenge for the 49ers when they come out of the bye. A bit of a relief, I think, for uh, uh, John uh, and uh, Cheryl Bosha. They were, they were really dreading this game. The, the Bosa brothers had never played each other in football. They'd either been on the same team or um, out of uh, out of the, uh, I guess they went to the same college. But uh, the, the, the Bosas were planning on coming to this game, and Cheryl Bosa told me that she was going to wear a jersey that had half a Chargers yeah, jersey split. and half a 49ers jersey with, with 97, awesome. of course, on it. Uh, Joey Bosa is, uh, is just uh, recovering from his groin surgery earlier this year he's gonna he's gonna miss this game as well uh but that was uh, that was gonna be a big storyline i mean i'm sure everybody was gonna write about that the week of the game and now it's not gonna happen there's only gonna be one 97 bosha in the game and um um you know and and uh, with another really nice opportunity i think to kind of wreak havoc against that uh that chargers at San Diego Chargers offensive line. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let me get this straight. So uh, uh, Bos- Mother Bosa is not going to wear her scent or her L.A. Uh, Chargers son's shirt because he's not in the game. So she's not only a fan if he's playing. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, she probably is. Um I thought it was funny that she had this shirt specially made. Yeah, custom which is made. They don't just sell basically uh, a Joey Bosa shirt and a Nick Bosa shirt cut right down the middle and then sewn back together so that it's it's two two halves <laughs> of one. John Bosa told me he was just going to wear a plain white T-shirt. <laughs> John Bosa's got too much pride to wear. Exactly, a and, and Cheryl no was going to kind of do it that. up in the opposite direction. But uh, you're you're right, Dennis. It doesn't mean that she doesn't have to wear the. Uh, the, the, the specially made jersey. That's pretty interesting. But yeah, I mean, you know, you 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 got a San Diego or San Diego. I said it again. A L.A. team, another L.A. team. Well, just imagine if this game was in SoFi. That, that looks like well, what do we call it? Uh, Levi South. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I, I looked at that during the Rams game and it was that whole stadium. All I saw was red. It was it, it was, was amazing. It, it, it was, was amazing. It was remarkable. Yeah, I, I had mean, a few people send me videos from the crowd, uh-huh. and it was like, whoa. Like, I mean, it, it's even once you hear the sound and everything, because I'm in the press box and we have glass windows there, the crowd was a home game. Um, I mean, the, the decibel level and everything, it was impressive. Yeah, yeah. So you get another L.A. team here. You play well against L.A., um, and it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Chargers team that, you know, they're, they're struggling too, but they do have a very good quarterback. Uh, he, he's a guy, strong arm. I mean, he's going to throw the ball down the field, but he's also one of those guys, you know, I, I wouldn't call him, you know, a running quarterback, but he's a guy that can get to the edges and make some things happen. But, you know, he wants to sit in that pocket. So again, it's going to come back to that front four and winning the line of scrimmage. You know, they, they want to have a run game. Uh, they want to have their quarterback play action. They want to have their quarterback sitting back there and throwing, you know, those balls down the field. So, you know, again, the pressure, the pressure is going to be important and that coverage is going to be important um, because this is a team that can flip, you know, with the talent that they have on their roster, they can flip and become a really, really good team. We saw what they did last season. So, you know, it's, you get a couple of weeks off, you rest it up. I don't know what their schedule is if guys have a couple of days off, but 
I mean, now you got to, you know, you you say forget the bad games. You got to forget the good games, too, and move on to the next. Well, let's take a look at the 49ers schedule coming up. After the Chargers, they go to Mexico City to play Arizona. Now, key note, 49ers 4-4. Four and four. It's a 500 record, but they, they, they're batting 1,000 against the NFC West so far. They're 3-0 and against the West. However, they have not yet beaten Arizona because they haven't yet played Arizona. Two wins over the Rams and one win over the Seahawks are looming really, really large right now for the 49ers. Those are valuable wins. So, you know, if somebody told you they had to pick which one of the next two games they could win, and nobody's saying this, but I'm just saying if that were the case, you'd rather win that one in Arizona. That I'm just trying to illustrate how important – these divisional games are. So the 49ers take on the Cardinals in Mexico City, and that will be a chance to go to 4-0 in the division. Then they're going to play New Orleans, then Miami. These are all home games, by the way. Uh, New Orleans, Miami, and Tampa Bay, three games in a row at home at Levi's. Then it's at Seattle on December 15th. That's the final game of the season on artificial turf. Following that, back home against Washington on Christmas Eve, then at Vegas, and then versus Arizona, another one of those all-important NFC West games to round out the season in Week 18. So, uh, Matt, to me, favorable schedule because the 49ers don't leave home very often, and they only play on artificial turf once. But I think the focus has got to be those NFC West games. They have to make sure they take care of business against the division. Yeah, and the Cardinals have been um, difficult for them. Um, it's it's like they always beat the Rams, but then the Cardinals usually beat them. So that's uh, that's definitely not a gimme. Uh, you know, uh, the, the type of quarterback, Kyler Murray, um, you know, uh, has success against the 49ers. So that's, uh, that'll be an interesting one. The, the Dolphins is going to be a really interesting game, uh, considering that uh, basically their whole running game right now is, uh, is ex-49ers, uh, the, the, the head coach and the two tailbacks, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. Um, I'm kind of eager to see what uh, what Mike McDaniel does with those two, whether because I, I, that, that to me was was sort of a fun thing. I thought that Kyle Shanahan really um, kind of uh, had fun with the creativity of having what they call the, that 21 pony look, two tailbacks in uh, in the same huddle. And uh, obviously McCaffrey could go into the slot whenever. Uh, but but Wilson had some versatility there. Uh, that uh, I'm not sure that Elijah Mitchell has. Elijah Mitchell is the better runner. I think we all kind of uh, understand that. He's faster. He hits the holes a little bit harder. But Wilson could do some things. So he, he's good in the, in the pass game. Um, and he, he was a lead blocker uh, on a couple of plays too, which you can, you can easily envision him doing because he's such a, a tough guy. Uh, but uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see whether... Mike McDaniel, the you know the creative genius down there, um, kind of uses those two two tailback sets uh, in Miami as well, uh, because you got two guys now that really know his offense, and uh, that uh, that game, what is it, December four, is going to be a, a really fun one, I think, to kind of compare and contrast the two. Certainly, the two rushing attacks that they're, that they're, that we'll see. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. That that's that's the 49ers entire backfield is now in Miami. I think that's that's interesting. And, you know, the basically the play caller, the the offensive coordinator is now the head coach. That that's gonna be a very interesting game. I'm I, I'm I'm most worried 
And I'm, I'm worried about um, Arizona because, like you said, Dave, for some reason the 49ers can never get past Arizona. Uh, Kyler Murray always kind of embarrasses the 49ers when he plays the 49ers. But that Seattle game, I mean, who, who would have thought Seattle would be in the position they're in right now? No Russell Wilson. Their defense is not very good. Then all of a sudden, you know, the defense is playing well. Uh, and Geno Smith is just being Geno Smith. He's making it happen. And, you know, Pete Carroll is doing Pete Carroll. And he's motivating the football team. Uh, and, you know, they're on the top of this of, of this uh, division. And 49ers have the tiebreaker right now. But still, it's, you know, the Seattle Seahawks going up to Seattle uh, and playing Pete Carroll and that Seattle's Seattle team that's that's surprised I think everybody even even fans even the folks I know that are in Seattle they're surprised with the with the success but you got to get past Arizona I mean at least split that uh, and figure out a way to contain Kyler Murray and and not let him make so many big plays but that Seattle game I think is going to be interesting if you can sweep the if you can sweep the the Seahawks I think you know, that'd be a huge, huge advantage for you. Absolutely. And I mean, it's only fitting that there's a December game late in the season at Seattle that the 49ers might have to win to, you know, win the division, maybe make the playoffs. Those two things might be actually uh, working hand in hand this year since the NFC West is weaker this season than it was last year. But it's it's fitting. It's fitting, right, when that rivalry means something, and um, I think it's cool when it does. So 49ers have vanquished the Rams twice. Seattle still waits once. Arizona two times. So we'll see what moves forward. All right, guys, going to wrap this one up. This was a good little bi-week discussion. I feel that we uh, hit on all points of the roster there. Obviously, talk Christian McCaffrey, talk the schedule, summarize what happened. Uh, packed a lot in there into about 40 minutes. So we'll be back soon here before the 49ers take on uh, the who's next? I just forgot. Chargers, Chargers. Chargers. San Diego, Diego, San Diego. Before they take on San Diego, cool. First, thing, but first we got the bye week. First yeah. the bye week. <laughs> yeah, and the bye week's happening right now, obviously, and, and it's important that the Fort Niners heal up because if they do heal up, well, even if they don't, they're still a good team. But if they do, I think they could be really, really good based on what we've seen so far. All right, for Matt Barrows and Dennis Brown, this is David Lombardi. We will talk to you on Here's the Catch next time.